Good morning and welcome to the Sidman Global Methodist Church. Um, and right now we're going to have the lighting of the candles. Everybody would please rise and we'll uh, join in the opening hymn, Oh Worship the King. Uh, that's number 10 in the Sydney hymn. Uh, up uh, if you want to greet the people around you, your fellow Christians. Oh, hold that. 
We just had this a couple of weeks ago where we had 10 virgins who were going to go to a wedding ceremony, a banquet, and five of them didn't have enough oil and they had to go out and buy the oil. And while they were away, that's when the bridegroom came. Remember, do you remember that? No, I don't remember. You have to listen better. <laughs> okay, six is for uh, six days of creation. So knowing six days of creation, what's seven for? The day of rest. Today, today's the day of rest for some people. Not for me, but the day of rest. Eight is for the eight people who were saved from the flood. Noah, his three sons, and their wives. That's all that survived from the great flood. Not the Johnstown flood, the flood that happened way, many, many centuries before that. Number nine is, there were ten lepers that Jesus cured. Only one of them came back. The other nine left and didn't say thank you to them. Ten is for the Ten Commandments. Hey, we finally got one. Okay. Uh, the king is for Jesus. The queen is for Mother Mary. And the jack is for the devil. Okay? Now, how many decks, how many cards are in a deck? Fifty-two. JJ even knows. Uh, Fifty-two. How many weeks are in a year? Huh? Twelve weeks in a year. Boy, no wonder these years seem to go by so fast. How many? 260 weeks. Oh, jeez. We'd be here forever. 52. There are 52 cards in a deck. There are 52 weeks in a year. How many suits are there? You know what a suit is? There's one suit. Spades is another suit. Clubs is another suit. Diamonds is another suit. I just gave you the answer. Four. How many seasons are there in a year? Four. Yeah. Now, I just thought of this one on the way, on the way over. There are 12 face cards. 12 disciples. And it's also, what does the, uh, what does the direction say? Uh, 12 is the, uh, 12, 12, oh, oh, how many months are in a year? How can I forget that? 12 months in a year. That's how he uses his calendar. Now, these are the marks. Guess how many of them there are? Eight. Well, there's eight on there. Good observation. Add them all together, what do we get? 365. How many days are in a year? 365. Okay, we all agree with, uh, with that? So that's how this, this guy in the army was, was brought before his commander for playing cards during chapel. That's church in the military was called chapel. And he had to explain to the commanding officer that this is my Bible and my calendar. And he went through and told everybody what the, uh, what, what the meanings were before. Let me see if I missed any. Uh, oh, I don't know this. Anybody play bridge here? Bridge, any bridge players? No? Well, apparently there are 13 tricks in playing the game bridge. How many weeks are in each season? I just gave you the answer. Thirteen! Thirteen! Listen up there. 
I know you're on vacation now. You don't have school tomorrow, do you? No. no. So you've shut your minds down since uh, what, what, uh, noon time Wednesday, and they won't reopen until 8 o'clock Tuesday morning. Right? Yeah. Okay. What? You don't go back till Thursday? What's Wednesday? Skunk day or something? Mm. Parent-teacher conferences. My goodness, you get off for hunting season? I couldn't believe that when I first moved here 40 some years ago. I went to the principal and I said, hey, is there school money? She said, no, we're closed. What for? Oh, it's hunting season. I said, you've got to be kidding me. We didn't have anything like that in Connecticut or in Maryland. School was called off for hunting season. So I laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed. I still laugh at that. But now you, you go uh, Tuesday is parent-teacher conferences. Yeah, the union calls that. And uh, uh, so you go back Thursday. What's it, a half-day Thursday? <laughs> and you get off Friday because you had one day of instruction. <coughs> when you graduate from high school, one day is coming. It'll be a lot faster if you think there's only 13 weeks in a year. But there's more, 52. When you graduate from high school, I've got bad news for you. You're, 50, you're, you're three years behind all the other graduates in the world. You know why? Vacation. The summer vacation. The, the rest of the world has, has 216 days or something. They don't get off until August. And then they go back right away. So you should feel fortunate that you're in America. Uneducated. Okay? If you were in the other countries, you'd be smarter than uh, what you were supposed to be. So, any questions? No questions. No questions. JJ, you have no questions? J JJ is Dalton's uh, girlfriend. Oh, we said that over there. Now the whole world will know. Because we're on the internet. This is being broadcast live over the air. Okay? So, does anybody want to pray? You, you'll pray for us? Take it away. It's all yours. You don't want to. You don't know how. Why'd you volunteer to pray then? Okay. I'll do it then. Our gracious God, we thank you for these young people who came before us today. We ask that you be with them and protect them, and we thank them for their presence here today. And we pray all of this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Now, if somebody would get the candy over there, I forgot to bring the, bring the candy. It's kind of something. <laughs> oh, you got it? Take the milk, does. It's stick to your teeth. Come on. It's a very little chocolate, other than pussy rolls. JJ, you don't want any candy? You want a fish candy? You already got it. Okay. Let's see, today is a special day. It was instituted 98 years ago.
eight years ago, in 1925, in the aftermath of the First World War, in the midst of the rise of communism in Russia, Pope Pius, the, the uh, <laughs> there was there was a uh, when they were announcing school closing, one of the guys said Pope Pius X I, and I immediately said somebody needs to tell that guy that Pope Pope Pius the Eleventh instituted the feast in his 1925, and the first celebration took place in 1926. It was first celebrated on Halloween in 1926. It was originally supposed to be the last Sunday of October, just before the celebration of All Saints, which is November the 1st, which in 1926 just happened to be October the 31st. In 1969, Pope Paul VI revised the day, giving it its current name and date, moved it to the last Sunday of the liturgical year. This is the last Sunday of the liturgical year. Next year, next week we start a new, new, new liturgical year. The feast was a response to the rise of secularization, atheism, and communism. While the world was increasingly telling Christians that they must compartmentalize their religion and give their highest allegiance to the government. In the 1920s this took place. Despite its recent Catholic origins, the feast is celebrated by many Protestants. Even though it was created by a pope less than a hundred years ago, some Anglican, Lutherans, Methodists, and Presbyterians celebrate the feast. The Christ the King statue in Poland is the largest statue of Jesus in the world. It's 33 meters tall, one meter for each year of Jesus' earthly life. The Christ the King statue is three meters taller than the Christ the Redeemer in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. I'm familiar with that one. I'm not familiar with the one in the uh, the one in the uh, polls. So that's what the, that's what today is. Christ the King Sunday. So let us pray. This is the prayer of peace by Saint Francis of Assisi. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. O Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. We gather this morning in your presence to raise our voices to you, to bring to your attention what's on our souls, hearts, and spirits. We offer prayers for the good health and well-being of the members of this congregation, their families, friends, and neighbors. We pray for the members of law enforcement, military, especially our First Lieutenant Carl Smith, we pray for firefighters, first responders, EMTs. We pray for the well-being and safety of our country, our community, and our church. May we be protected from the evil forces that have crossed our borders. We pray for the safety and well-being of our youth, and we ask that we continue to encourage them on their walk of faith. We pray for the unsaved, the unbelievers, 
those who have lost their way, for them to see the light on their wayward ways, so they may be saved before it's too late. We ask for forgiveness for our going astray and for choosing our way over your way. We pray for families that are dealing with the difficulties of life. Be with them, guide them, comfort them during these times of struggle. We pray for our troubled country. May we uphold the, the, these values, the values that this country was founded on. May we win out over the evil forces that are around us. We pray for the hostages that have been released and continue to pray for the remaining hostages being held. We pray for the conflict in the Middle East. May good do away with the evil that is being faced. We pray for Roseanne and Tom Burkett, and we pray for Corrine Onler, who just, her family, she just passed away last, last, last week. Now, dear Lord, if there was a name that came to the people while we were praying, let them say those names out loud now. Dear Lord, let us bring our prayer time to a close by praying together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. Hey, now if uh, somebody would please pick out a favorite hymn. <coughs> What's that, 579? 579? Jesus loved Okay, if everybody will, will please stand.
Merciful God in heaven, we thank you to be able to gather here on the last Sunday, the fourth Sunday of the month of November. We come here to uh, sing your hymns, uh, to recite your psalms, and to hear your word, and to have fellowship with other Christians who believe like we do. We thank you for that, dear Lord. We ask that you accept these tithes and these gifts and these offerings that are being presented by two of the youth of our church here today. We thank you for their presence here. We thank you for their participation in the offertory. And we pray all of us in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, Master, Teacher, and Friend. And we said, Amen. Be careful going down the steps. Please be seated. Well, today we end the book of Matthew. We'll be referring to Matthew somewhat throughout the next year, starting next, next week, the first Sunday in, in December. Uh, but we'll be concentrating mostly in the book of Mark. Uh, we have one or two readings for Advent from Mark, and then we have John and some, some other, other stories. So this is about the sheep and the goats. Matthew 25, verse 31 through 46. These are all words of Jesus that Jesus spoke. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right, and the goats go to his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come! You who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. 
For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you who are cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? He will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. The words of God for the people of God. The words of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Jeez. The sheep go to the right. When you go to heaven and Jesus tells you to go to the right, you're okay. If he says you're a goat, go to the left, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. Notice that it's right. I've also heard a, a, a wise right the, cor the correct way because everything Jesus said was right. So I call this seeing Christ in others, seeing Christ in others. Within this one parable, only found in the Gospel of Matthew, you'll find a condensed version of Jesus's entire message. This is an important message. You'll find out why as we go along. So listen closely. The part of, the part of society that the people of God should be concerned about are those who are thought of as expendable or as Hillary Clinton said, deplorable. The poor, the powerless, the insignificant, the rejected, the homeless, and the abandoned. God's true disciples are those who give their lives away in working for improving the situation of the poor and seeing that they have the power that they deserve. How a nation, oh, listen to this, how a nation treats its poor will be how God will judge that nation. Look at San Francisco. Bigwigs come in from around the world. They cleaned it up in a week. As of 5 o'clock on Saturday when the bigwigs all left town, it went back to what it was before. It showed that they could do it if they wanted to do it. Our personal involvement in caring for others' needs is demanded by Jesus. Because of this, we had no choice. This parable describes acts of mercy we all can do every day. These acts do not depend on wealth, ability, 
or intelligence. They are simply acts freely given and freely received. These acts do not depend on intelligence. That means we can do them. Feeding the hungry. Water for the thirsty. Welcoming a stranger. We have a stranger back there now. JJ. Everybody make sure you say something to her. Okay? Clothing the unclothed. Taking care of the sick and visiting those in prison. Is there a prisoner close by? Is there a prison in Johnstown District? No? In Cambria County? No? No prisons? Oh, you're fortunate. Yeah. Yes, yes, there is. There is? Yeah. Where is it? Evansburg. Oh, that's not far away. Uh, is it a state prison? Federal prison. What is it then? A county prison? That's a county prison? Oh, yeah. There would be something we could do. We could take a carload up to the, uh, to the prison and uh, talk to the, uh, to the people. Just, you know, just share some time with them. We don't have to talk about religion. Or we can just talk about, you know, talk about the Steelers <coughs> and how much the Steelers have improved since they fired Canada. We'll find out today. We can show our response to Jesus through our words of mercy and our deeds of mercy, compassion, and working for justice. The righteous sheep try to establish God's kingdom by working for that alternative kingdom. This is done by seeking the political, economic, social, and spiritual change in society. We desperately need a spiritual change in the society. These actions will demonstrate God's kingdom in a sinful world. How people unite together to eliminate poverty and to rid their nations of racism, sexism, and the unimportance of any peoples is the only sign of a nation's faithfulness and obedience to God. As a nation, are we taking care of our hungry? I don't think so. Look how many homeless people there are around the, around the United States. I wouldn't be surprised if we ended up with homeless people in Dunlow, out in the middle of nowhere. I don't think, I think we're well protected in Dunlow of having immigrants being bussed in, because that they, bus driver wouldn't know how to get there to start with. And, uh, you know, there ain't nothing there for them to, uh, to do or to participate in. There is no place in God's world for any nation that has not freed all its people from living in poverty. We have the money to eliminate poverty in the United States. There's money in the world to eliminate poverty in the entire world. Instead of spending $2 billion for a, a drone or something like that. Uh, it was a million dollars for the drone. That is each nation's simple responsibility 
and sole reason for its existence. That's why we're here, America. It's to take care of the people within America. Once we take care of them, then we can start going out into the world and helping other people, which we don't do. America, it, not the government, not the government, the people from America are the best givers in the world when there's a catastrophe. They receive more money from the citizens of America than any other country. The government gives very little compared to the amount of money that the government has. If it's not accomplished, if we do not accomplish, accomplish the elimination of poverty and the unequal treatment of its citizens, then it will be judged by God and be cast into eternal punishment. That's what America has waiting for. I don't know if it makes any difference if we're uh, supporters of Israel or not. I know the countries that are supportive of Israel will be blessed. Those who do not support it will be damned. Am I allowed to say that on the internet, Frank? Have to wake, somebody wake Frank up back there, would you? It makes no difference if one nation is found among the righteous sheep or the judged goats. It makes no difference if oneself is found among the righteous or the judged. What makes a difference depends upon how each has treated Jesus when disguised in the sorrow and pain of the poor. That's saying Jesus in others. The disciples of Jesus are to live their lives working for peace, justice, and the empowerment of the people and in service to those the world cares little about. The world has always cared little about the poor. Always. Go back to way before Jesus' time. And there's no, there, there's no reason why we have to have poor. And the poor people we have in America are far better off than the poor people in some of the other countries around the world. Our poor people have cell phones. You won't find those cell phones in the, in the poor people in Afghanistan, or in Iraq, or in China, or someplace like that. The disciples are to work against the people who hold others down and for the poor and powerless. This is what it means to be a follower of Christ. What Jesus was saying was that the true moral standing of God's people is found in how they treat the least of their brothers and sisters who are also part of that same community. What is most important about this parable is its clear statement about what God expects out of God's people. Now this is why it's important. This is the final teaching that Jesus wants to remain on your mind, in your heart, and on your conscience. The teaching he doesn't want you ever to forget. This parable is the teaching that, above all else, Jesus wants every believer to take to his heart and every church never to forget.
The focus of this parable is that you should love every person and serve anyone you can. We have to come up with something here. Beaverdale is going to offer a, a free turkey dinner two weeks from yesterday. I think it's two weeks, the 9th, December the 9th. Yeah, that's two weeks, I believe. And, 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 uh, and uh, Dunlow is going to start in January, once a month, a Saturday luncheon, free lunch, soup and salad, or you know, soup and bacon, bacon soup and salad or something. Uh, one Saturday a month, free, to the community. So we have to come up with something here. Maybe going to the, uh, to the prison could be uh, something to do. We need to go out into the community. And that way we might be able to get the community to come in here. We don't know. The focus of this parable is that you should love every person and serve anyone you can. Such love for others glorifies God. We are celebrating today Christ the King Sunday. Christ has given you an example on how to live and conduct your life. When I first went back to the Methodist Church after 38 years absence, uh, the pastor was uh, 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 Dr. Tom, 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 Tom St. Clair. And uh, every, every Sunday morning, I'd meet him at the door. He had MS, so he was walking with, with Cain. I'd meet him at the door. When he pulled into the driveway, I'd go out to his car and carry in whatever he had to carry in. Take him to his office, make sure everything was okay. Walk him up to the, uh, to, to the, to the altar. Listen to people. People started coming to me about complaints uh, about this and about that. You, you're close to Dr. Tom. You, you tell him about that. So uh, I was told to keep my mouth shut, so I did because I was in the process then, and he was on the committee who would have to approve, approve me. So uh, I, I served him for, for the two years that, that I was there. And since leaving there and going into the ministry, I've always looked for somebody like me. I've never seen anybody like me. There's been nobody who's helped, who served, who helped carry this, helped carry that, meets me at the door, brings me in. Sees that my microphone is on. Sees that it's working. Leads me up to the to the to the altar. Takes care of me. And I've been in what seven churches now, and I haven't found somebody like that uh, like that yet. No. So we are approaching the start of Advent. Next week is the Advent. This would be a good question to think on during Advent. How can we? Uh, uh, how can we serve the people of our community, Sydney, which is a much bigger community than Beamdale and, and Dunlop? How can we serve, serve it? We have to do more than just meet every Sunday. We have to get out there and do, do things for the, for the people. I'm trying to do that by attending some, some of the activities with my collar on so they know a pastor is there. If I show up without a collar on, they won't know anything. Somebody might say, who's that pastor who was there? Oh, he's the pastor from uh, Sydney, United Methodist Church. So a conversation is started. A conversation. That, that's what starts, starts things. It's a simple, simple conversation. I, I, I was at the uh, 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 Sheets on Thursday or Friday 
And this lady was there who had a gray hoodie on, and on the back it had a thing about God. I forget what it said, so I said, what a nice hoodie. And she turned around, and I could see she had a T-shirt on that had all things about God. And she, oh, well, thank you, thank you very much. So we started a conversation. Come to find out it's Marlon Plummer's daughter. You know Marlon Plummer? It's his daughter from uh, Mount, uh, Mount Olive. Uh, he, he, spoke, well, he spoke last week at the uh, combined uh, service, but I don't recall seeing anybody there from, uh, from uh, Sydney. Uh, he's the vice president of the Forest Hills Ministerium. So we must have talked for about five or ten, ten minutes about, the, uh, about her life and her father's life. They're off on vacation, and uh, it, was, it was quite a thing. So a relationship is built that way, slowly. I used to greet one guy at the uh, aerobic center in Greensburg, and I just started with, hello, and he'd say, hello back. So the next time I would see him, hello, how are you? Oh, I'm doing fine, how are you? And I would take some Now I find out that he lives in Mount Pleasant, uh, he comes on his lunch break, uh, he's very routine set and disciplined. And, uh, you know, we started a conversation. Well, who knows what that conversation can lead to? Just by a simple, hello. Listen to what the other people say. If they say, hello back, the door's been closed. So you wait till the next time. You say, hello, how are you? Now you've left the door open. And then you see what they say. Oh, I'm fine. How are you? The door's been open. Now you can start a conversation. If they just say, I'm fine. The door's been closed. So you have to take another approach, maybe the next time you see him. But listen to what the person, what the person is saying, saying to you. You can learn a lot about that by being strangers. By saying, I don't know his name. He doesn't know my name. He doesn't know I'm a pastor. I don't know what he does. I'll find out what he does eventually, maybe this, this coming week. So, Advent. Think about this. During the month of Advent. To prepare yourself for that Christmas day when Christ will return. Let us pray. God of our fathers, we have listened to and heard your words. May they be taken into our hearts as well as our souls. These words are meant to bring about a change for those who hear them. We pray that we are among those after hearing the words of guidance that a change is effected within us. We pray all of this in the most holy name of Jesus the King. Amen. Let us now stand and sing our final hymn, Crown Him with Many Crowns. Number two, three, four in the hymnal, or the words are on the screen, and we'll pause before the last verse.
May you take Jesus' last teaching into your heart and help those who need help that are being held down. May you love all and serve everybody. And may, you, may we all think about the answer to the question, do we see Christ in others? In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, go and earn your day. Let us sing the last verse of our hymn.